you today. But before we jump in, let me remind you, if you are tuning in the day this episode comes out, it's August 29th. This is the day that we, the people of Cape Girardeau, has its meeting at Delmonico's in Jackson, Missouri at 5 o'clock p.m. The guest is Stacy Shore. Learn how your tax dollars are being spent to corrupt the innocent of the most innocent. That's our children. Learn how to help advance true solutions and moving forward to restore Missouri public education. www.wethepeopleofmissouri.org, August 29th. I'll be back later to tell you about September's first meeting. But now let's jump in to today's incredible episode. Here we go. I have been looking forward to this episode of the Adrian Ross show for some time. I've been wanting to have back Apostle Dr. Lanice Reynolds. Those of you who are tuned into the show, you are familiar with her. She's becoming a regular on here. And um, first of all, Dr. Lanice um, you've been here before talking about the prophetic. It, let me be specific about being unapologetically prophetic. Mm-hmm. And um, and those were amazing, amazing episodes. And, and I believe we've gleaned a lot from them. But I wanted to have you back because I really wanted to talk about women in ministry in particular. You came back. Thank you. But you came back with a guest. And, and I want to give you the floor and allow you to introduce your guest to us. Well, listen, Adrian. first of all, thank you, my sister. I love you so much. I'm so thankful that you brought me back. You know, the topic that you have is such a heavyweight topic. Yes, it is. And, um, you know, I think it's always good for women when we're trying to have our stance on a topic about women in ministry, but nothing's like a validation of a father mm. and male that can really extrapolate on this subject because a lot of times some of the opposition that you do go through being a woman in ministry, unfortunately, is from a lot of men, okay, and their perspective, um, you know, their understanding of it, and, um, and sometimes, unfortunately, you go through even uh, challenges with women who see why yeah. we, what you out there doing, and be honest with you, more of my challenge has been more with women now than with men, because I have a validation of a father, and even um, Apostle Treese, or, or, or other spiritual dad, you know, who who validates women in ministry? So thank God we do. We we are personally surrounded around women who validate ministry. Uh, you know, men who validate women in ministry. But listen, today I'm going to get out the way. I just wanted to tell you guys today I have my very own spiritual father, Chief Apostle Joseph Pro. Chief Apostle Pro, he's written close to 60 books. He's about tapping. I know. I know my father. I know he already. He just got to publish them. I know he got about seven or eight in the can. Okay. <laughs> so, but he's got about. Help me out there. I think it's 50. Eight, 55, 55, 56. 55, 56 that he's published. All right. And one of my favorite books that he's wrote is I'm right here and I'm, I'm going to encourage people to get it. It's the female apostle book. This will validate women and ministry on all levels. And so um, your guests who are watching, I want to highly encourage them to get this book. But Apostle Prude is, you know, he carries weight on this subject. He'll tell you a little bit more about himself, but he is over the Congress of Apostolic and Prophetic Ministries. He has leaders from all over the world and other parts of the country, uh, apostles that sit up under his feet. That These are bona fide apostles. And um, correspondingly, about just as many men is on there, he got women, female pastors that are apostles to pastor their own church overseas. Some of them pastor with their husbands and their husbands lead from behind and follow them. So he's solid from all different levels, even being raised and brought up. So listen, he's a homeboy from New York like you are, Adrian. So I'm going to get out the way because his story is phenomenal. Thank you, Dad, for volunteering to come on. I appreciate you, Dad. All right. 
Yes. I don't, I don't hear your New York accent. Where are you from? <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know if I have a New York accent anymore, but I am. Um, I'm from, like she said, I'm, I'm around the way girl, I guess. Home girl from New York City. Fa grew up in uh, Queens and Long Island. But then Where I, I was in um, Queens Village, Jamaica, Queens. Okay. As well, uh, went to church on uh, on South Road there in in Queens, where I got oh, saved. Lord Jesus, you really show enough, homegirl. <laughs> yeah, South up, Road. I grew up in the Forty Project. That's I grew up in the Forty too, Project. Yeah, not too far from there, right? And um, but I then I, I, yeah, I went away to college yeah. upstate. So then I was I was upstate. I was in near Albany and Catskill and, and all that that area. But you know, thank you so much. I know you're a busy man of God. I'm honored to have you here. I, I listened to Dr. Lanise talk about, um, you know, the credentials that you come with. So what an honor to have someone of your caliber on the show, especially, like she said, a father talking about women in ministry, which is a rather controversial subject. I'm going to lay a little bit of a foundation of exactly why I wanted you here. But before I do, did you always believe in women ministries or did you at some point reached some kind of epiphany and, be, and came to embrace that? I never had a choice, actually. Mm. When I was raised, my mother was a preacher. My Aunt Martha was a preacher. My Aunt Ruthie was a preacher. My Aunt Esther was a preacher. <laughs> my Aunt Eva was a preacher. Wow. So I was surrounded by that as I grew up. I never knew anything alternatively that women could not be in ministry. Matter of fact, when I was told later on after I got saved and understood theology that women could not be in ministry was foreign to me. It was a foreign doctrine because I had seen fleshed out. So I never struggled with that at any time because that's what I came up under. Now, yes. uh, it was not attractive to me as a young man because I viewed ministry as being feminine. So I had to struggle with that part, uh, seeing masculinity. Oh, wow. Uh, as the example, being surrounded by these prophetic preaching women. So I, I've never had a struggle with that at any point. Many years later, as God began to, I began to pastor, God began to send me more women than men. I struggled with that for a reason. I couldn't understand it. But I, I later on, so God had prepared me to accept them, and I became a safe place for them. Mm. Mm. Wow. You've got quite a, quite a story. Mm. This is I know there are people who are listening and, I, and I, I'm pretty sure I've got people on both sides. I've got people who are like, they're all about women in ministry. And I have some that are extremely resistant to that. And, and this is, I don't want to take too much time, but I, I really want to lay a foundation and I want to let you just go for it. But I, I, it's a controversial subject. And this is what I have come to find. I've come to find that there are people who, who believe in women uh, who believe in women ministries and they look at people who do not, whether you're talking about women preaching or women pastors, they look at people who do not and they say they just they hate women, they're chauvinists, uh, they they don't they just don't want women to be who God has called them to be. But I very rarely hear any of those people explain where they're coming from. Because then you have the people on the other side who say, well, those people who do believe in women ministries are not following the Bible. They're trying to be woke. They're trying to go with the culture today. They're ignoring scriptures that seem to suggest that women should be silent 
and not teaching. But I don't hear people explaining. I think they're both wrong. I think they're both misreading each side. You know, when I first received from a prophet, the first word I received about becoming in ministry, the prophet said that you're not just going to teach, you're going to preach. And then he said, and those of you who don't believe in women preachers, you need deliverance. Now, he was given a prophetic word. He wasn't having time to teach on it. Maybe they need deliverance. Maybe they just need someone to explain what those scriptures mean. And so I think that's important. It's a current issue now, even when you look at Pastor Rick Warren in the Southern Baptist Church. Now, I'm no huge fan of Rick Warren. I'm not trying to uh, I'm not trying to defend him. But he recently came out and said he basically repented in public and said that he has not really done the research. I guess the SBC Southern Baptist church doesn't believe in women pastors. He came out and said, I repent because now that I've done my research, I believe that women should be in ministry. And that has caused him and it's caused some division. And people are saying he just wants to be woke. He just wants to be culturally relevant. I think he just got some kind of revelation. And so it's such an, on time subject. When I got saved on that church there on South Road, they didn't believe in women preachers. They said, in fact, more than once, if you can show me one scripture where a woman was ever ordained in the ministry, we'll eat the whole book, meaning the Bible. And so there's a call, there was a call upon my life that I would not have recognized because I didn't, I didn't believe it. After college, okay. when I went to a church in upstate New York that did believe in women ministries, I felt God called me there, but I'm like, I don't believe in women preachers. God, you're going to have to show me something. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has. But this is a controversial subject. So, Apostle Prude, I'm going to give this to you. Where do you stand on these issues and the controversy? How do we come to a place where we do understand what the scriptures say. I think this, that people who have a doctrinal position have not legitimately studied the scriptures. Okay. They have taken interpretation as it has been given to them. Mm, come on. Not taking the time to do the research. Let me prove some points to you. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, it says this. I wrote unto you in an epistle, not the company with fornicators. So 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9, Paul says, this, there was a prior epistle to this one. So 1 Corinthians is actually 2 Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians is 3 Corinthians. It's very important to understand that so we can properly exegete something in the scripture. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, okay? Yes. And we're going to go to verse 34, mm -hmm. typically used to say women shouldn't preach, right? That's right. Let's women keep silence in the church, for it is not permitted unto them, them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. Mm -hmm. For if they will learn anything, let them ask their husband at home, for it's a shame for them for a woman to speak in the church. Yeah. Now, watch this. I want you to watch this carefully. This portion here is Paul's response to a letter they had written to him. He is paraphrasing back to them what they said. Mm -hmm. Notice what he said. Here's something very important to understand 
in the scripture, something called verse colorization. Verse colorization means a certain word in a verse colors the whole verse or sets the tone of the verse. Notice what Paul says in verse 36. He says, what? With a question mark. Why is he saying that? Paul is saying, where the heck did you get that from? Oh, come on. Who wrote that to you? Who told that to you? Came the word of God out from you or came it out? Paul said, wait a minute. I never said that. Matter of fact, where does the law say what you just said? Somebody quote to me the verse in the law that says women should be in silence under their husband. Doesn't say that, okay? So here they misuse the scripture, added a verse that was not there, and added a law to the New Testament church that Paul did not back up, and fact had to rebuke them. Then he says, if any man think himself to be prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Don't worry, I didn't write that. I never said that. I don't know where you got that from. You thought that up. But if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant still. So, so Paul rebuked them. And if you properly exegete that scripture, Paul just tore apart the whole notion that a woman couldn't preach. Now, let's go even further. When Jesus sent out the 12 in Luke chapter 10, he said, and he sent out 70. The word sent, apostolos, made them apostles. In Luke chapter 10, it says, and he sent apostolos, 70 others, same class, a different breed. So he sent 70 other apostles. If you read the scripture very carefully, in the 16th chapter of the book of Romans, Paul begins to write a letter to various apostolic leaders and their apostolic ministries, and some of them were women. It's right there in the 16th chapter of the book of Romans. Also, in 2 John, John writes to the elect lady and her children. Who does he think he's writing to? He's not writing to a political figure. He's writing to a female apostle and all of the churches or networks that come under her. Now, also the Bible says, or a, a, theolo a theological principle we have, is that the Old Testament or the book of Genesis is the seed plot of all of the doctrines of God, that every doctrine in the Bible can be has its origins in Genesis. And in Genesis, we see women in ministry. We see women going forth. Then we got a simple verse. It's neither male nor female. It's neither Jew nor Gentile. So it, it it's absolutely makes no sense to me. It, it's non-spiritual. It, it, it's, it's chosen ignorance. It's, it's ignorance that is chosen because cultural or theological uh, uh, reticence to move any further. So some years ago, when I wrote the book, Female Apostles, uh, God gave me that to write, to lay a foundation uh, and, to, and to lay out a biblical basis for women to walk in the apostolic office because there were female apostles. You have Junia, uh, which, which is right there. And, it, and it, there are many, many. I'm doing this very short notice. I have long, long teachings about all this. Yes. And then God had me ordain some female apostles. I got some controversy mm -hmm. about it. But guess what? Those who were opposing me had no scriptures. They just had opinions. Mm -hmm. They had 
dried up stuff that they had heard someplace, but they could not dispute. I'm not saying me. They could not dispute the truth because they were just simply uh, uh, replicating and regurgitating canned things that they had thought. See, the Bible said in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Yes. So watch this. Two witnesses is not two scriptures. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Two witnesses, one witness is the scripture and the other witness is the act. Hello, somebody. Yeah. Break that down. Break that down, please. So in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Two witnesses is not two scriptures. The scripture itself is one witness. The yeah. acts of God are the second witness. All right. Mm, so okay. if you say I got 10 scriptures that says something, but I got one scripture and I got the confirming act that God anoints, I got the witness. So if you got all these anointed women that are full of the anointing of God, which is the witness, and then you have a scripture that says they can, you have the witness. Oh, Somebody talk to me, somebody. Mm-hmm. Not the compilation of scriptures that you cobble together. You still have one witness. God does not anoint what's not true. Mm-hmm. Hello, somebody. He puts Ooh, his hand on what he has confirmed. He confirms it. The, the, the Hebrew word Anna, there's a house in the Old Testament called Beth Anna, called the house of answers. Here's how God answers the thing. He answers two ways. He answers with a word and he answers with an act. Cool. Hello? So the word Anna means to answer with a word or with an act. So when people refute the fact that women can minister, Beth Anna arise because God answers with an act. He anoints these women. He pulls people to these women. He calls people to these women. He signifies these women. He validates these women. God's not dumb. God's not crazy. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And he does not wait for man's opinion. Mm. That's my general discussion That's on good. it. Wow. Well, you know, it's interesting because I know that there would be people who would say, well, that act doesn't supersede the word. But what I'm hearing from you is there's a misunderstanding of what that what that word is that people are using to keep well, women. Well, watch this. We have bibliologists. And I want to say this very carefully, a bibliologist. When Paul said this, he said, I was beat with rods three times. You know what Paul was saying? He said, people took scriptures out of context and corrected me with them. (laughs) Oh, my. See? So watch this. The scripture alone by itself does not create relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You have to come in contact with the God of the scriptures. Amen. Yes. And there are people read the scripture that don't know God. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Let, let's look at First Timothy 2, where this is another scripture you hear people saying, um, Paul said, I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp any authority over the man, but to be in subjection. That's mm-hmm. another scripture used along with First Corinthians 14. What say you about that? He said, I suffer not a woman to teach, nor usurp authority. Okay. I believe he is talking about in the marital relationship mm-hmm. that a woman should be subject to her husband in that in that realm, okay, uh, and not usurp authority over her husband. And I, I, I know women who are, are, are more anointed than their husbands, but submitted to their husbands at the same time. There's a way for that to work. I've seen it work. I've seen it done in the opposite also. Uh, but I don't think he's talking about that every woman is subject to every man. That doesn't make any kind of sense. And every woman is under every man. That doesn't make any sense. I simply think he's talking about the marital relationship. 
that a man, a woman should not usurp authority over a husband. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed too, Apostle, is that, you know, the people who say, well, when he says to be silent, it, it can't mean that they never speak. Because then the Bible also says any woman praying or prophesying, mm-hmm. having her head uncovered, right? right. Uh, dishonors her, her, her husband, right? So obviously she's speaking if she's praying or prophesying in the church. Right. So we have to rightly divide the word. Yeah. And I think that was, you have to understand the Bible in context of the cultural time too. Some of that was related yes. to cultural things too. And yeah. in fact, you know, women can talk, okay? Right. <laughs> and women can be undisciplined with their mouth. So Paul was not creating a doctrine because mm-hmm. Paul said, sometimes he said, I speak not by commandment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes Paul said, listen, this is not something that God told me. This is my opinion. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Um, Dr. Lanise, I, I, you know, I, I know you're back there and I know you you got that call on your life. Just would you chime in with something that Apostle Prude said or yeah. anything? Yeah. You know, honestly, when dad's talking, I'm like a little baby. I'm just sitting here eating. I've heard him to do these teachings. It's all in his books. It's all in his material. I've read a mass majority of his books, not all of them. And there's yeah. so much revelation. So I, I really never like to go behind dad because he yeah. just got the only thing I can do is come from this standpoint because he, you know, he's validated what really to your question I am unified, unapologetically female apostle. I have a network. I have people that follow me in the Netherlands, Carousel, all over the world. And I these people are highly anointed. And for people not to think that there's not women in ministry, I have the fruit to prove it. You know what I mean? But I yeah. think it's really important for people but just really kind of pulling together is, is that what dad said is that we really got to understand scriptures and know how to properly exegete and eisegete. You know, there's a, and, and one apostle book called the rules and tools of a revelator. He talks about the rabbi with Samika, you know, and it, and he talks about that. You probably should extrapolate on that, but it talks about, you get to a point in your walk with, with God, when you're reading scriptures, there's some things he will never, you know, go against his own word, but you come to a point where God starts showing you things to give you insight. But I think what's wrong is a lot of people don't understand scripture. So, Dad, do you want to just say something about that? Well, you know, Jesus said this term. I, I love this term. He said, it's been said of them of old time, an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. But I say unto you, yeah. the whosoever smacks you on one cheek turned in the other one also. Now, that is a very controversial statement because Jesus is saying, watch this very carefully. Was Moses wrong? Yeah. Did Moses not know what he was talking about? There's a theological term called eisegete, okay? Yeah. Uh uh, which means, you know, exegete means to rightly divide the scripture. Mm-hmm. Isegete means to see something in the scripture that's not there, erroneously. But then there's positive eisegesis, which means to see something in the scripture that's already always has been there, but you could not see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what Jesus did is he isegeted. Yeah. He said, you thought it meant that. But this is what it meant. There's a certain level of authority and revelation that gives you the authority to eisegete. Now, eisegesis is not arbitrary to just say, I don't care what to say. This is what it means. No, 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 no. You can rightly divide the word. You can prove line upon line, precept upon precept. So what I just shared with you is some level of eisegesis. You thought it meant that, but through proper eisegesis, you understand that's not what it meant. See, in Hebraic teaching, there are several different levels. The lowest level or the highest level of teaching is called the sod, S-O-D, 
which means the secret conversation, mm -hmm. the stuff that God only tells the people that are intimate. Mm -hmm. Hello, somebody. So there's certain things you get on the surface and there's certain things you get in depth. Depth it means intimacy. you got to spend time with God and you got to be willing to become a child and say, I thought I knew. Well, I really didn't know, Lord. Oh. Thank you for revealing this stuff to me. Yeah. And yeah. I think what happens is we have people who are full of information, but not revelation. Oh. That's the problem. They go yeah. to Bible school and they go to theological school and they cram their head with repetitive information. They have no revelation. So they're not walking in light. They're walking in information. These are wow. people who That's have true. the scriptures, but they don't have the God of the scripture. And knowledge puffs up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Wow. You know, um, again, back to Rick Warren, only because that's just uh, front and center lately, but it cost him, you know, I guess Saddleback Church got removed from the SBC because, you know, because of the whole thing. But he's saying what he said kind of reminds me of what you're saying, because it was it was sort of like he was regurgitating information, he said, without ever really doing the research himself. Right. And when he did, he came to realize that he could no longer, whether it cost him his affiliation or not, he could no longer hold back and deny the revelation that God gave him. And he repented for holding women back in that. And, and it has cost him. Let me transition. Wonderful, wonderful um, breaking down this for us. I'm hearing a lot of ministries say that this is a time where God is using women like never before. Mm -hmm. elevating women. Do you sense that? And what is it about the times that would cause that to be? God is elevating the oppressed, just like he's elevating black people too. Yeah. the oppressed. Those have been cast down. Those, the Bible said the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief mm -hmm. cornerstone. Mm -hmm. Women have been rejected. Black people have been rejected. And God loves to use the rejects. He loves mm -hmm. to use those that nobody else wants those that despise, those that consider to be nothing. And I believe that's true in, in all those areas right now. Wow. Listen, you've given us a lot in the in the amount of time that we have. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you something really serious. Um, and, and you may not, I don't, I don't know if you're, if you're comfortable answering it or not, but I'm going to ask you, I put, I've put Dr. Lenisa on the spot before. I'm going to put you on the spot here, sir. We do have women who feel a call of God perhaps on their lives, mm -hmm. but they're in churches that will not validate that. Do not believe that. Thankfully, I'm not in one of those churches. In my church, Pastor Zach, Pastor Val, um, they're, they're, they're validating women ministries. They have an understanding of that word. But other people are, are, are not. What advice would you give to women who feel that call? Not, not, not everybody's call who may feel to be called, but women who have a bona fide call. But they're not being validated in that way. What would well, you what, say? What, what did the three lepers say when they were sitting there? And they were about to die. They said, why sit we here and die? <laughs> Take God up and left. You cannot let loyalty become idolatry. I love that. That's very simple. It is. That, that, you just said it. <laughs> right. Pack up and go. Yeah. Run. Oh. Run. Right. Yeah. What, you you kind of rendered me speechless because you were right <laughs> to the point there. You didn't leave any room for uh, misunderstanding. Say, that's just the plain truth. Yes, sir. Um, I, I appreciate um, Dr. Lenise. Thank you so much for bringing uh, Apostle uh, Prude here. Thank you for what you bring to the body. Thank you, man of God, for what you bring to the body and for your encouragement. I, I don't want to end. I want to ask you to pray. 
I want you to pray about around this issue and uh, and whatever else you feel as we as we end this episode of the show. Okay. Let me release the word of the Lord to you. Can I do that? Yes, sir. Here's what he's going to say. I heard the Lord say this word to you. It's time for you to write. Writing books is critical for you. I hear the angel said you're pregnant with a lot of things that this format does not give you enough time to completely share. And so the angel said you need to stir yourself up in your prayer time. There's some new things that God's going to say to you. And there's some extensions and dimensions of yourself that you have still shut off, that you still have not been open to, that God's going to begin to open to you. I don't know how where you are in the prophetic, but I see God really beginning to stir the prophetic in you. And I see, oh, and there's something that the Lord's been talking to you about doing for a very long time that you're just saying, Lord, I don't see myself doing that. But oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Lord, I see this. You will pastor a church one day. I'm going to tell you what I say. The angel said, they're the people who need the grace that's on you. And so I hear the angel say that the number one thing God wants you to say right now is yes. Father, I thank you for this woman of God. Yes. I speak your grace and blessing upon this grace that you've given her. Yes. Lord, anoint her. Let it be full of light, revelation, and insight, surrounded by angels that protect her, Lord God, from the unbelievers and those who are stuck in tradition. Give her wisdom. Give her witty inventions and creative ideas. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much for pouring into me, pouring into the show. Thank you, Dr. Lanise, for everything you do. I know you're both busy. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to say, go for it. Let you go. Thank you. God bless you so much. All right. Bless Bless you. you. Thanks, Adrian. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. I'm in a bit of like shock from, from that word that, uh, Apostle Prue released there. God, let your will be done. I really appreciate him. And I really appreciate uh, Dr. Lanise and, and sewing uh, into, into us with this. This, as I said, is a controversial issue for many. And um, I just wanted to, to bring some clarity. Because again, you've got a side that believes the other people just hate women. And then you've got another side who think that the other side just wants to be rebellious. And a lot of it has to do with understanding what the word of God really is saying. So we just have to be open to whatever God is trying to reveal to us. And I wanted someone who could come in and bring some understanding and some clarity. And I believe that that Apostle Joseph Prude did that. And so chew on that, chew on that, share it with other people. All right, let me pause here for a moment and let me remind you about Luxel, the new search engine you definitely need to check out. Check it out now. You know, there are other options out there for your search engine. It's time to make the switch to Luxel, a search engine without bias, one that improves your access to information and puts you in control. Check out Luxel, that's L-U-X-X-L-E, today and see how much better your searches can be. And remember, August 29th, Stacy Shore will be at We the People of Cape Girardeau. The meeting is in Jackson at five o'clock at Delmonico's. Also, September 5th is the first meeting of September. The first meeting is September 5th. The guest is Scott Rydell, who is a native of South Carolina, but in 2016, upon retirement, he moved to Camden County, Missouri, and he's going to be at the meeting to share information about civil defense preparedness 
and survival. www.wethepeopleofmissouri.org. Email wtpcapecountymo at gmail.com. All right. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Adrian Ross Show. Of course, you should go to thebmgnetwork.com. Check out the other podcasters there. We are engaging, enlightening, informative, and even entertaining. Also, go to major podcast platforms. I need you to subscribe. I need you to uh, share with other people, all right? Subscribe, share, leave a rating, leave a review. Obviously, my Substack, adrianross.substack.com. I'm writing as well as speaking. There's the podcast. There's the Substack column. Check it out. Support. We need your support. All right? So, so very important. Also, if you want to leave me an email, adrianrosscom at gmail.com on YouTube. Subscribe, like, share, all that good stuff so that we can bust the algorithm wide open. All right. So again, thank you for tuning in to the Adrian Ross show. Catch you next time. God bless you abundantly.